Hi guys, this is Evan from the Guns, Oil, and Dirt podcast. Just wanted to give a shout out to Remora Holsters, the original no slip, no clip, no sweat holster. When they say no slip, they mean it. I wear it all day. It doesn't make my pants sag to one side or the other. And I barely even notice they're there. So when you want the best comfort in concealed carry holsters, why don't you guys try out a Remora holster? Hey, hello everybody. Welcome and good morning to the Guns, Oil, and Dirt podcast. It is January 1st, and I'm coming to you from the basement again. Um, I'm in the back room of the basement, so again today I'm going to apologize for maybe some of the sounds you might hear. I know right now I got the furnace running. Uh, I'm going to try and pause it if the well pump kicks in again. Yes, uh, last podcast I had some sounds uh, that came up. Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't stop it. I don't have a studio, uh, set up and, uh, it's my day off. So I'm, I'm doing podcasts cause I have the day off and, uh, just wanted to throw a little podcast down. I actually have a little something I want to talk about, but, uh, before I get to that, I'm going to talk about a couple little things going on. One thing that is going on is I have this little what are these things called like pro pack uh basically like the sterno containers i got these from a buddy of mine and they're like the little chafing dish containers uh i took a bunch of them for free because i mean like like i talk about some of that uh the other stuff other than guns is uh little prepping things and i'm i'm actually using one right now as a heater in the basement kind of seeing how much I can get out of it as far as heat goes. I went down the basement, it's uh, eight o'clock in the morning, something like that. And uh, my basement's cold, uh, it's cold outside. It's, it's probably 25 degrees this morning. And uh, I was just sitting down in the basement, I got a little chill. So I wanted to fire up one of those and see how that works. Uh, I don't know, it can't be too bad, right? The Doing a little bit of the prepping and survival stuff using these things as little backup heaters heat my basement uh, I only got one going right next to me right now but it is kind of nice having a little flame and they burn clean so I can use them inside that's kind of nice thing about them uh, another thing I wanted to talk about this is a current events thing this is like what's going on in the world uh, I live just north of the uh, Wisconsin-Illinois border in the Wisconsin side of it. And as of last night at midnight, Illinois is allowed to uh, legally smoke marijuana and Wisconsin is not, (laughs) which is kind of funny. But uh, one thing I want to bring up about this is I was driving home last night. I went to a friend's house for a uh, New Year's party and I'm driving home last night, and uh, I didn't see as many cops out as I thought I was going to. Uh, really, I thought there was going to be a bigger show of force on the thing. Maybe they'll get to it probably eventually, because I know they've been talking about how it's not going to be legal in Wisconsin and all this other stuff. I'm going I'm to be honest. I'm not a huge proponent of the marijuana smoking thing. Um, and I actually kind of, in a sense, don't like it uh, with them in Illinois due to the fact that a lot of people from Illinois come up and shoot at the range I work at 
and I mean, I'm just gonna have to be like just kicking people out. Like, you smell like pot, go home. You smell like pot, go home. And that's gonna be a big thing. And uh, I feel like it's gonna annoy me, interrupt my, uh, interrupt the safety of people on the range. So we're gonna have to work at that. Maybe come some new policies. Write them down, put them on the wall. Because if it's not written on the wall, people don't listen to it. And they'll argue with you. And I, I get sick of arguing with stupid people. So that's the thing. Uh, but this morning I was, I shouldn't say this morning, last night I was sitting there watching a little TV. Uh, I like watching history stuff. And I was watching like a history of the American firearms and it got me thinking about some stuff. And uh, I wanted to start, I wanted to talk about, you know, today we're gonna have a little little bit more gun talk. Uh, I am gonna try and branch into other things, talk about other stuff. But uh, today we're gonna talk a little bit of gun talk. And one of the things I wanna talk about today, since I had kind of a little topic up, or a little idea of a topic is the 1911. Uh, people talk to me, like I said before, I've talked on other podcasts, I'm a big uh, Glock fan. I'm a, you know, I love Glock. But, uh, but I, really, I really have a soft spot for 1911s, uh, as most guys who own guns do. It's, it's a big thing, and uh, it's, a, it's an amazing gun. And I just wanted to go over a few things that, about it. Um, and share a little information. A lot of this is going to be the, the my opinion, and some of this I got some facts here, got some uh, things that a lot of people didn't know about it. So uh, when people hear about 1911s, they often associate it with Colt. It's a Colt 1911 uh, and 45 ACP automatic Colt pistol, and uh, Colt was the uh, company that was actually originally sold the patent rights okay, uh, to this by a very, very smart man. Uh, our, as a lot of guys in the gun world will say, our Lord and Savior, John Moses Browning. Okay? So the 1911 was designed by a guy named John Moses Browning, which has been known, people call him, uh, the father of the modern firearm. Okay, he was born in Augustan, Utah, 1855. First patent was the falling block rifle in 1878. That was his first patent, that not his first gun design, not the first gun he made, that was the first gun he patented. So, I mean, this guy, basically, his dad owned a uh, firearms, uh, what do you want to call it? Like a, it wasn't a, just a gunsmithing shop. They, they, back in that day, I mean, you worked on guns. Some, some of these guys made their own guns, but he had a shop. They made guns, worked on guns, sold guns in uh, Utah. And, uh, and this young man, his father owned the shop. This young man started working in the shop when he was seven years old. Okay, so I mean, if you got a guy who's been working on guns since he was, you know, seven years old, he's he's gonna know a lot about guns by the time he's 20. 
and uh, they're, they're hand-making uh, rifles, basically, these falling block rifles is what they called them. Uh, they're single-shot rifles in their small shop in, in Utah for, for a while. And uh, let's see, in, uh, in 1883, Winchester bought the design for that falling block rifle, the single-shot falling block rifle, and they, they marketed it as their model 1885. So uh, that's, that's just something that I found very interesting. So the way uh, Browning liked to do things back in the day when they didn't have like the same copyright infringement laws and everything. So firearms manufacturers had to spend a lot of time chasing down copycat companies. They'd have to go here and there and, and literally go and fight with other companies saying that's my design that's my patent here's my patent number we got to go to court you need to cease and assist that was the thing they actually did that they wasted a lot of time and energy on it and uh john moses browning didn't want to do any of that so what he did instead of i mean now there's a company called browning um and and that happened uh later in his life they did make a browning uh, rifle company, but in the early stages of his development and stuff, uh, he really didn't need to, or feel the need to do all that work. So what he did is he made a bunch of firearms designs, he made a bunch of great, great firearms designs, and he was selling them to the other guys. So, I mean, he sold his rifle designs to Winchester. He sold his pistol designs to Cole. And he sold his uh, shotgun designs to Remington. And as a lot of people know later on, uh, Browning Company uh, makes awesome uh, shotguns, the Browning that we know, and uh, also uh, semi-auto rifles. So, I mean, they're really well known for that stuff, and that's that's cool. But back in the day, the originally, he didn't... Uh, he didn't want to do the, the, the defending of his patents, so he used to just sell his designs to everybody else and then be like, hey, you pay me a royalty for me selling you this design. You're going to sell a bunch of great guns off of my designs. And he goes, and you get to defend these royalties because I don't want to waste my time and energy on it. And uh, he had over 125 patents for firearm designs. And that was pretty cool man this guy did a lot of stuff um the 1911 was originally the base for his design uh actually came out in 1980 or originally started in 1982 i shouldn't say came out it wasn't finalized in 1982 but the design he the premise where he started with it was in 1982 he's got a couple other firearms out there that are fairly similar and how they work as the 1911. I know he's got like a, the 1903, um, not the not the 1903 A3, but there I believe there's a uh, uh, Colt 1903 in 25 Auto or something. And then I think there's like a 1908. I may be wrong on the 1903. It could be like a 1906. But he had a couple other designs of handgun before the 1911 came out in smaller calibers but the 1911 was uh, a design that had come out after uh, 
again, the, you know, some of this stuff will always, in the firearms world, go back to the military. So the military was looking for a large or caliber rifle or handgun than the 38. So uh, they took the 45 uh, ACP automatic Colt pistol. It was a round basically designed kind of for this firearm. And they made a single stack semi-auto firearm. It's got an external hammer. It's got an external safety. Very short trigger pull. Very nice guns they have. I got one right on the counter next to me. Uh, I love this thing. This is one of my, my favorite firearms to own. Uh, if you guys get on my Instagram, I post up pictures of some of the 1911s I have. But I got two of them sitting here next to me right now. One of them's the uh, Black Stainless Springfield. It's on my Instagram. And then the other one, which it was like, when I posted this one on Instagram, I got like 500, or not five, uh, 400 likes on it in a fairly short period of time for me, which I thought was pretty cool. I'm not super popular on Instagram. I don't have a lot of stuff. So if you guys like gun pictures and stuff like that, get on my Instagram, tell your friends, get on my Instagram, please share this stuff for me. But just uh, letting you know, I got that picture posted up of the other gun I'm holding right now is my uh, Olive Drab 1911A1 USGI model from Springfield Armory. Uh, both of these guns are pretty stock right now. The GI model, uh, the one that I'm holding right now, does not have a, um, what do you want to call it? dovetail for the front sight. The front sight on this one is actually um, pinned in and uh, welded for my GI model. It does have a removable dovetail or removable rear sight with the dovetail, but this thing's never getting changed. Uh, factory olive drab green from uh, Springfield. Freaking love that gun. Uh, for some reason, I got a thing for 1911s in uh, oddball paint schemes. Like I said, the black stainless is another one I really love. Um, I don't know. I just think it looks cool. All right. So parting away from some of that a little bit. Do, do, do. All right. So I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, I wouldn't call this necessarily a 1911 review part of this, but I want to tell you guys who makes, uh, everybody, almost everybody who makes guns makes a 1911 now, but I'm going to kind of throw it out there. What, uh, in my experience, again, I tell you guys all the time, I work at a gun range. We also sell guns, but we also rent guns. And that's the difference between like me and a lot of the other guys out there online and doing podcasts and stuff. I respect a lot of the guys out there who are doing the podcast scene. And I also respect a lot of the gun guys out there. But my, I feel like sometimes my opinion is going to be different than theirs or, uh, or the way I present my opinion will be different than theirs for, for a couple reasons. One, uh, I'm not getting paid for any of this. This is a free podcast to me. I don't have any sponsorships from any of these companies. Two, I'm, I've been working at this gun store for almost 10 years. Uh, I know we hold very high 
uh, precedence on customer service. So when a customer has a problem with a firearm, is one thing we do at the store that a lot of other places don't do anymore, um, and I think it's BS, but we every gun we sell, we have to stand behind. That's the rule of the store. If we sell a gun, we have to stand behind it. What that means is if you have a problem with your gun and uh, we can fix it right there, and it wasn't something silly like you dropped it or hit it with a hammer or run it over, like if some part breaks on it or something. Obviously, some of these guns, a lot of these guns come with warranties, um, and that's that's one thing. But if, if we can fix it for you and it's small, we'll do it. But if it's warranty, and this is where we're different than a lot of the other places, if it's warranty, bring it back to us and we will ship it for you for free. We will eat the cost of shipping the gun back under warranty and we'll do it all for you for free. It's part of our guarantee. So uh, a lot of the guns we sell, I, I'll see them if they come back. Uh, you know, if somebody has a problem with them, they bring them to us. We're, we're kind of known in our area. But also, we have a gun range, and that's another thing that I like to bring up to people. If you didn't buy the gun from us, chances are you're going to be on our range shooting it anyway. And since we're right there, usually when a gun's going to break, it's going to break at a range or the problems will arise at the range. And since we're right there, I get to see a lot of that too. So I got a little list here of firearms. I'm going to go from like the, the least expensive that I think are uh, great guns to the most expensive that I think are uh, really good guns. But I don't, I'm going to be honest with you, some of these expensive ones, I have to just go off the reputation because I'm not rich. Uh, I'm a poor person. <laughs> I like to call myself a poor um, so I don't have the money to buy some of these things, but I, I got a little range here of guns. And and just because I work at a gun store, just because I work at a gun range, I am not gonna tell you to buy guns from us. Uh, actually, if anybody has noticed, I don't mention where I work on this podcast or to buy guns from us. Um, I'm not getting any money from the gun store to do this podcast. And to be 100% honest with you, this podcast wasn't supposed to be all about guns. But it's winter and I could talk about guns because it's off season and all I'm doing right now is cleaning them and watching TV shows about guns. So I talk about guns. And it's something I could do indoors. I can, I can play with guns inside. I still have to go to work every week. So I play with guns all, you know, during the week. And it's just what's on my mind sometimes. It's easier for me to talk to. I'm not out in the garage right now working on trucks, you know, in the driveway. But, um, and uh, you know, and gardening's not happening. The ground froze, and it's snowing. And I don't have anything set up for indoor gardening yet. So the the oil and dirt part of this podcast is on hold until I get more interactive with oil and dirt. But for right now, we're do, we're doing gun stuff. So, all right, we're gonna get into this one here. 1911s on the low end side, on on the, what I call on the cheap. Um, I don't want to say cheap though, because some of these companies are great, great companies. And as far as I'm concerned, they build really, really good, really reliable uh, firearms for some of these guys that I've dealt with. But we're going to start out with Rock Island, uh, Rock Island GI model. Rock Island, of course, makes more expensive 1911s, just like all these guys on the low end do. 
and that's why some of their names will come up more often than others. But Rock Island 1911 in the GI model, this Black Friday, I found it at Dunham's for $3.99. All right, we're talking a sub $400 1911, and it's gonna work, all right? I don't care what anybody says, gun shoots, all right? And, and I will say it a thousand times because this is one thing that comes up at the range a lot, gun shoots straight, okay? Out of the box, it's gonna shoot straight. Um, people always tell me that, like, oh, the gun's off, the gun's off. To be honest with you, uh, it's, it's probably you, you're off, your trigger finger, you're, you're jerking the trigger, you're dipping the muzzle of the gun, it happens. But the gun's gonna be great, especially out of Rock Island nowadays. Um, one thing I'm gonna say, we just cracked into the beginning of this list, but one thing I wanna say and get out of the way, a lot of these guns are actually uh, like barrels and stuff like that. A lot of them are actually made in the same place. Some of these guys are making their own stuff still, and that's fine, but even with the machining tolerances that are out today, you don't have the problems that we had, you know, years ago where, um, and especially when you're buying new guns, it's not like the old uh, revolvers, the Chicago PD-38s people used to buy that have been shot to death and the barrels are warped and stuff like that. That's not usually uh, what happens. And a lot of these companies, again, will warranty any problems that you have and you probably won't even have one. It's a 1911, they're still made out of metal. Um, especially if you're looking at the GI models, they're still made out of steel. I will get into this. Some of these guns have like aluminum slides and aluminum frames. I've seen some issues with that, but um, wear issues. But I mean, these are wear issues after the amount of rounds that you ha are going to put through this thing to have those issues or are, are uh, it's going to be already worth your time to buy this gun, you know? So just, just throwing that out there. But yeah, uh, on the low end side, as far as expense goes, Rock Island 1911s. The next one, um, or that's in the GI model for that. The next one I'm going to talk about is the uh, Ruger's 1911. And this is going to be like their standard. Again, it's going to be like a GI model 1911. Their standard model. They make a, a lower end model. They make a higher end model too. But on their lower end, I don't have a specific um, model name on this. But we have sold these things for as low as $599 in the beginning. And I've seen them at other places for as low as $599. It, 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 they come down sale prices, basically. you got to move some. So uh, I, do, I do want you guys to shop around, you know, keep an eye out, especially Black Friday after Christmas sales, stuff like that, the great times to buy guns. Um, so the Rugers, I'm gonna tell you right now, uh, bang for the buck, Ruger was very impressive, okay? Uh, when they first started making 1911s, like four or five years ago when they started coming out with the new line that they have now, um, we're very impressed. We use them at the range uh, as a rental gun. And Ruger has a new uh, 10 mil out that's going to be closer to $1,000. But so far, so good. Right? I, it, we, it hasn't been the case long enough. I don't know. And that's another thing I'm going to talk about. Uh, Got to touch on, you know, when it comes to me and my reviews on guns. I'm talking about guns that get shot to death. I'm not talking about a, somebody, you know, borrowed me a gun and... Uh, and they're, they're whatever, sponsoring it to me. 
and I'm going to put 500 to 1,000 rounds through it. I'm sorry. I, the way I review guns is we put the guns in a case, and uh, we let Joe anybody shoot it. And these guns will get a few hundred rounds through them a day for, you know, a couple years. Uh, they're going to get shot more than any other gun usually does on average and by people who have very little experience. So when I'm talking about guns that I think do really good in our, in our, and I bring up the rental case, this gun's in the rental case, it does really good. Then you know the gun's just been treated like garbage. Uh, we usually don't clean them all that often. They get a bunch of caked on stuff on them and we don't, we don't sit there and lube them either, guys. So uh, we just let them ride. You know, if the gun breaks, the gun breaks. We'll replace parts. Their theory is my theory of run it dry, let it go. If it breaks, it breaks. If it, does, if it works good, it works good. It's a good gun. So the Ruger was actually really impressive. We've had him in there uh, since the beginning, uh, about four or five years now. We've had uh, Ruger in the case, and it's still running good. It's running like a champ, actually. Uh, really have a lot of respect for that gun. Springfield GI model, 549. This is the lowest I've seen one, okay? You guys can pick up one of the black GI models. It's gonna have like the, the you know, um, I believe it's the fixed front sight, but it's got the dovetail rear. But uh, 549's a great price, especially for Springfield, for one of the companies that's been doing it for a really long time. Like I said, I got a couple of them. I love them. They work great for me. And uh, one thing I will say about Springfield, this again is not an advertisement for Springfield. I don't get any money from them. I don't really care what their opinion is of me. But if you buy a Springfield from the you know a brand new one from somebody from a company, there's this cool little package in a box. Uh, there's like a like a pamphlet. It's got a bunch of little things in it, and they have upgrade options. You could send your gun back to Springfield and have them do a trigger job. I mean, they got prices on them and stuff and it costs you extra money, but I really recommend that if you wanna, if you wanna have a really good, let's say you buy that GI and you just want that trigger a little crisper, you want a little bit of work done to it. I say for an extra 100 bucks or 130 bucks, send it back to them and have them jazz it up a little bit. Uh, I really like the idea of doing that. I actually wanna send my black stainless uh, loaded to them to see what they would uh, they would do with it. So I wanna I wanna try that out sometime. I've never sent a gun back to them because it says in their thing that the gun has to be unmodified when it comes back to them. Most of my guns have been, uh, you know, I put my grubby little fingers in them. So just throwing that one out there. Then the next one on my list, as we're going up in price uh, here is a Springfield Loaded. Uh, so basically what the Springfield Loaded is gonna get you, you're not gonna have a rail on the front of it, but you're gonna get uh, a little bit better sights and then you're gonna get one of those uh, non-GI kind of triggers, the uh, uh, little adjustable trigger, the one with the little Allen wrench hole in the front of it, all right? Basically, uh, you're probably gonna get a couple more things, usually you get a little bit of better styling to it and uh, a lot of times you're gonna end up with a you get a blued one uh you know it's pretty normal the normal bluing on it but also in this range the 700 to 90 900 
the higher end of that range is going to be a stainless gun. I recommend getting them in stainless uh, just because they're easier to maintain. There's not a lot more to that. Black guns are cool, um, but stainless is pretty sweet and also looks better in the safe sometimes. And then right around the $900 range, I got, I'm got. i going to drop two companies here, and these are going to be the low end for both of them, you're gonna. This is where you're gonna break your entry. Is once you crest nine hundred dollars, you're gonna break your entry into Kimber and Colt. Okay, uh, I don't have any problem with either either of these companies really, uh, other than they're 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 more expensive. You're you're paying for a name, all right. You're paying for the name uh, Kimber. You're paying for the name Colt. You're gonna be in north of the nine hundred dollars uh, area usually. Um, I think you could probably get into a Colt for high eights, but I mean, you're getting into the $900 range for, for your standard Colt. We're not talking about your like Delta elites. We're not talking about your uh, gold cup or anything like that, but you know, we're going to, we're getting into that higher end range and this is going to start getting broader and broader because now we're talking about guns that I can't afford. Uh, <laughs> so I don't have as much experience with these and these are not, the types of guns that we're going to be putting in the in the rental case because they're just too expensive. So a lot of this is going to be secondhand. I I get uh, this stuff from from guys I know who buy these guns through the store and people who own them uh, and shoot a lot of competitions. But the next one's actually a nine mil. This is a, like a what I would consider almost like a carry nineteen eleven and nine mil Springfield EMP. I wanted to throw a nine mil in here. Granted, a lot of these guys nowadays make a nine millimeter and they're, they're all right. Uh, I don't think they run that good. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. Most of the nine mils that I see are not, um, the most reliable, There's a lot of feeding problems. And a lot of times I've tell people, I mean, they're great range guns. They're great competition guns. If you're going to run some of these, uh, lower end nine mils. But you may run into some feeding issues. You may run into magazine issues. Uh, inherently, they're not perfect, and it wasn't the way they were designed. But this is probably one of the better ones that I've seen. I haven't heard any complaints, and this is going to be a smaller size. Uh, so Springfield EMP 9mm. Uh, it's like a carry size. Very reliable gun for 9mm in 1911. This is one of the guns that I don't hear complaints about. A lot of people have a lot of complaints about their 9mm 1911s, but this one runs really good. Um, we also have a Springfield 1911 9mm um, Range Officer is the model name in our rental case, and it does pretty good, all right? But again, we're talking $900 uh, and up thousand dollar gun so but springfield emp nine millimeter is going to be uh like a three and a half inch barrel it's a shorter barrel shorter slide and um the frame on it i believe is aluminum so it's not as heavy anymore you're not toting around like a big you know six pound beast of a gun on your belt anymore so that's a good option if you're looking for a nine millimeter 1911 for carry another one i'm going to bring up is ruger makes one you're going to be like uh, $800, north of $800. But Ruger also makes a uh, shorter barrel carry size, 9mm 1911. It's really good. Then the next one on my list is $1,000 plus. We're bumping the numbers up. Um, Colt Gold Cup. Great, great choice if you're going to shoot competition. 
that's one that I would get into. Uh, a lot of guys I know like them a lot. Personally, I don't have a lot of experience, but you know, I know I know it's got its own reputation out there for being a great gun. Uh, the next one I'm going to get into, and these are going to get expensive. All right, this is where I, I start drawing the line. I mean, there's going to be there, we're talking getting getting numbers up there, way north of thousand dollars. So um, Sp Springfield's loaded operator, and I and I bundled another gun in here because I wanted to get you know uh, a people an idea, um, or not an idea, but talk about much higher end. Probably the highest end of Springfield is their TRP. So you get a loaded operator is basically. Um, all their bells and whistles with a, with a short rail on the front so you can put a light on or something like that. And then the TRP is, Springfield looks at it differently. Their TRP, their top of the line. Granted, you could probably use this thing as a uh, competition firearm, but from what I've gotten from most people who've talked to me about the TRP is the TRP is a, um, like, TRP, Tactical Reconnaissance Pistol, is what I've heard it called. I may not be right about that. Don't quote me to death on it. But they're talking about making an extremely accurate, extremely well-built, but extremely, extremely reliable 1911 pistol. They're talking about making this thing uh, basically a, like a, a duty firearm that has the uh, components of a competition gun, but the reliability of a duty gun. That's what we're looking for when, when you're talking the Springfield TRP. And I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. The, the ease of fire, the short trigger pull, the, the, uh, you know, the, the mannerisms of your full on competition rig, but you have the built in reliability of an everyday duty gun. So, I mean, I think I'm never gonna be able to afford one they're really expensive, but that's, that's basically the top of the line you're gonna get out of Springfield. And uh, that's probably one of the most top of the line 1911s that I feel like you're gonna get in the, in the realm of right around $2,000, all right? Um, that's, that's where we're, I mean, that's basically where we're sitting at on this, all right? And then we have like Wilson Combat, uh, and I'm gonna broad these, these again are gonna be like companies that I just can't touch, to be honest with you. I don't have anybody who works at them. Uh, I know a couple guys who own them. They love them to death. I've shot a few of them. They're extraordinarily accurate and they shoot super smooth. I mean, if you have the money, spend the money, uh, buy, buy these things. But we're talking Wilson Combat and Dan Wesson, uh, 1911s. These are great guns, great, um, manufacturers and and to be honest with you I just I wouldn't even know where to start with something like this I mean if you want to spend your money on a gun that's gonna outshoot you every day of the week go for it have fun with that and then the other one I'm gonna talk about here at two companies at the end here and um, these are like this is what I really call like this is pipe dream companies these are like if I won the lottery companies because uh, they're reaching way out of my my ability and one of these is actually makes a, a nine millimeter but um, that is very popular but I'm we're talking about STI out of Texas 
they make competition handguns, amazing competition handguns, um, 1911, 2011. So they make a double stack. Here's the fun part. They make a double stack, nine millimeter with a 20 round magazine. Okay, so if you want the, the feel of a 1911 and, and a super shootable, reliable gun, I mean, just, you know, right there, that's where you go. Uh, great triggers, great reliability, super smooth gun. I call them smooth as glass. I mean, just smooth gun. And, and uh, I'm, to be honest with you, if you look around the competition world, just take two minutes to look at all the pros. Every guy in IDPA, every guy in uh, USPSA, every guy who's running three gun, I'm saying like 80% of these people who are in your top 10 positions at uh, like worlds, at nationals, the guys who are winning the competitions, they're running STI pistols. All right, they're, I don't, shouldn't even have to say anything else about that. I mean, they're, they're, their uh, reputation is going to speak for itself. They're making probably the greatest competition guns out there right now. Um, my hat's off to them. I commend them. If they hear about this podcast, they'll probably be mad at me um, for using their name without permission. But I can say it. RRR, welcome to America, freedom of speech stuff. And I'm not saying anything bad or ruin their company. I'm, I'm pumping them up really big, uh, guys. If, if you ever hear this, and you guys feel the need to give me a free handgun, um, I will. I will accept. <laughs> That's not even a question. And then we're gonna get into a company that I don't know that much about, but to heck with it. It came up on the internet when uh, I was looking at high-end 1911s. There's a company called Cabot Arms. C A B O T Arms. All right, and these guys make, from what I can tell. Uh, I know nothing about them. This was just uh, the, the uh, Hail Mary, the, the end of the thing where I was looking for just a really expensive gun. But they make, um, they make what I would consider very high-end, very, very nice-looking um, firearms. And what came up when I just looked up, like I said, expensive 1911s, they make their guns start at $3,200, which I can't afford. Uh, that's, that's more than the car that I own. Um, actually, I mean, I bet you I got four cars in the driveway right now that you can add the price up and they don't even equal $3,200. So that's saying something. Um, but we're talking about very nice high-end firearms, uh, custom engraving, any material you want, you get, they make like them tungsten carbide slides or anything you need and this is where this is where i brought it up because this is funny and uh they sell a matching pair you can buy a matching pair of 1911 pistols from this company that are made out of a meteorite all right this is the company that i'm sure you guys have all heard of once i said that but they made it out of a, a meteorite that uh either they came to earth i mean i'm sure if you ask them you can get like moon rock gun made or something like that but they made this one out of a meteorite and uh the price tag on it is 4.5 million dollars so i can't afford that either uh to be honest with you that's worth uh probably more than three or four square blocks of the neighborhood i live in <laughs> so that's uh that's one i wanted to just throw in there um 
and that's that's what I have for you guys on 1911s for this this week, this podcast. Uh, just wanted to throw it out there. Uh, sitting here, like I said, I was watching some old uh, History Channel gun stuff, and uh, and I was like, you know what? Feel like talking about 1911s. I love 1911s. Uh, I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna throw my bias out there. I tell people this. I'm biased, but I'm a Springfield guy, and since Springfield makes such a wide variety of firearm. Um, as far as price and um, as far as like price and value and what I would consider, you know, I go all the way from the GI model all the way to the TRP, which is probably more nineteen more uh, more nineteen eleven than I can handle. You know, even still forty five. I don't mean like the gun's going to jump out of my hand, but I mean you're talking about something that's going to be so accurate that my ability to shoot's never gonna touch what the gun can actually do. And that's most people out there. A lot of people don't know that. Especially when it comes to 1911s, with that short of a trigger pull, um, it's gonna make you a more accurate shooter. Five inch barrel, super short trigger pull, super light trigger pull. Um, the gun will really help you along. If you are a gun guy and you don't own at least one 1911, I almost wanna, you know, that's a shame on you moment. Um, everybody should own one. Unfortunately, I'm that guy. Everybody should own guns, but everybody should have a 1911 in their house. That's just how it is. Every every person, not just uh, not just men. Every person. 1911s. I'll I'll maybe uh, throw a podcast on here a little later uh, in the week. My uh, my four foot eleven, ninety pound wife loves shooting 1911s. She thinks they're really comfortable. Her whole hand fits in the palm of my hand. This is a very easy to shoot firearm. Originally designed for the military. And uh, that is one thing I wanted to say before I get out of here, a little fun fact that I didn't, um, I may not have said, but I wrote it down. The 1911 was used by our military from 1911 till 1982. That is a long time to be uh, the standard in pistol world and i say 1982 as their mass use firearm because they are actually still used by some uh people today i actually believe you know don't quote me on this one i may be wrong but i believe uh the united states marines are still using 1911s so that's uh that's a thing some other countries are actually still using 1911s so uh it's the real deal. If you want a gun, if you're going to buy a gun, you only want one gun, and especially if you're going to tell me it's for home defense and range use, uh, buy a 1911 45. Um, I think it's a great gun. If you only need one, that, that would probably be one of the places I would go. I'd also probably point at a Glock 19, but uh, I feel like definitely everybody needs to have a 1911, at least laying around. I should say if you're going to buy one gun in 45, because let's face it, Nine mil is cheaper than 45. I'm never going to push 45 on somebody if they're just talking about a range gun. But uh, if you're going to buy a 45, it better be a 1911. If you're going to buy, uh, as we call it, the Lord's caliber, then you fire it out of the Lord's gun. Uh, John Moses Browning, 1911. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Beat that horse to death. Thanks very much for listening. I will chat at you guys later. I'm out.